Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Hi, and welcome back to the School for Small Business podcast. I am your host, Stacey Millard, and I am so excited for this guest today. Lex Roman and I met in like-minded collectives. Huge shout out to Imbal and the community that she's creating for connecting women in business and just providing us so many opportunities to make these amazing connections. I am so excited to talk to Lex because there are these really key differences in what she does in business and how she helps business owners that I think are so valuable. And I really just want to spread this message. So I'm going to let say hi to Lex, let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. And we're just going to dive into the conversation. I'm Lex Roman. I call myself a growth designer turned small business marketer. So what that means is that I used to help tech companies and startups in Silicon Valley grow their revenue, reduce churn, and increase their subscriber base. And now I do that for small business owners. So I help small business owners secure clients and increase their revenue, increase their profits. Not just that, but in a sustainable way. That is the biggest difference between big companies and small companies, helping make sure that people can do it in a sustainable way as a solo practitioner, as a micro team. Oh, I love it. Okay, so tell me, what are some of the major keys leaving Silicon Valley and now you're working with small business owners? Some of us are, you know, even myself, I'd be like, oh, that's a really big leap. But what are those key threads that you're like, these are all connected and small business owners need to know what these big companies do? It's funny because it felt like a big leap to me too. And I initially was like, I sort of threw out my tech playbook when I started Super Easy Digital, but I realized there's actually more alignment than I thought. So part of my work in growth teams in Silicon Valley was about being efficient with resources so we could get high value back for the least amount of effort. And one of the ways that we do that is by understanding a company's growth model, which is different from marketing, as you were saying, Stacey. So it's like a lot of times we think about marketing as the growth engine for the business. Your growth engine is actually not at all coming from marketing. It is coming from your existing customer base and your existing client base, your ability to grow those things. And then for that base to spread the word about your business, not just through one-on-one word of mouth, but through things like press, through things like going on podcasts, through things like reviews, there's many vehicles for the story of your work to spread to other people. That is how companies grow. That's true for all companies at every scale. So that applies to small business owners. It actually is so critical for small business owners to understand that because they tend to waste a lot of energy in the marketing side and ignoring the importance of their existing base and how that actually drives new awareness for the business. Mm, 
That's so good. So one of the things that we were talking about, you know, like these podcast episodes, like we always, the good stuff comes out and then we're like, we need to hit record. So we were chatting a little bit about how business owners are doing all the things and feeling incredibly burnt out. And then they're coming to you because they're either like, this isn't sustainable or I'm not booked out and I'm not making money doing it. Can you tell us a little bit more about like how your approach works and how you make the money without the burnout? Yeah. One of the first things I have business owners do is look at the ask they're making of their current customers and clients after a successful project, after a win of some kind, or after a value exchange if you're a product-based business. So a lot of times we're like, cool, see you later. Like, good. Like, that was awesome, right? <laughs> but we need to think about, are we asking for a testimonial? Are we asking for an in-depth case study? Are we asking them on our podcast, right? You have a podcast, Daisy. So are we asking them on the podcast? Are we asking them on our YouTube channel? Are we going to go to the press and, t- and pitch a story of the work that we did together to the press? What are the ways that you can spread the word about that value? And what asks are you going to make of your clients or your customers? And you'll notice that bigger businesses are doing this too. You'll get emails for reviews, right? You get emails to share things with friends. You'll get referral codes and things like that. That mechanism is critical for any size business. And so that's the first place I tell business owners to focus because every effort that you put into marketing and calls to action and your offers and things like that, it pays off so much more when you have that virality engine going, when that's solid and every client of yours knows that they can come back for a new project, that they can you know, buy another thing from you, what those things are, that they can tell a friend and here's how they do it, that they can leave a review. When all those things are working, firing on all cylinders, as they say, everything else you put into the top of funnel of your business pays off so much more. I love it. So in terms of you know, like really seeing the benefits. Do you have a timeline when you kind of come back to the basics? Like, is this something that we're looking at? Like, it's going to take a lot of time and effort to like really get put into place? Or is it that's like, okay, this is pretty easy. And we start seeing quick results. You see the quickest results if you start with your current audience. So I really, I like to work with high stakes situations. I did that in Silicon Valley. I was often brought in when a company you know, needed to do a big raise or they were hemorrhaging money. And so there was stakes on the table. We need to make money. We need to stop turning subscribers. We need to gain an audience here. And so I love that about small businesses too. The quickest win you have is with your existing audience. I like to say the most valuable audience is the one you already have. So you will see results from that work immediately. If you, and it's really likely that you're leaving on the table a ton of value with your current base whether that's clients or customers, however you label them in your business, refers, people that have sent work your way, partners, fans of your work, people that you haven't even asked for introductions to clients yet. You're leaving a lot of value on the table there. Squeezing that value out will pay off right away, like days, weeks, right away, compared to something like launching a YouTube or becoming a TikTok influencer or even public speaking press or something like that blogging right those things take months to pay off yeah those are like the longest runways by the time that you have enough people that have eyes on your work through whatever those are and then you funnel them down only a few of them um you know get out from there to to actually talking to you and then how many convert it's interesting because i was i have a client who 
is in the mental health space and they're like looking to grow their practice. And I'm curious, like, what would be your advice from them? Like they're, they're new. How do they start using some of your techniques? Okay. So the one thing about the mental health space specifically is that referrals are kind of challenging for them. So instead of asking clients for referrals, I would be looking at, and some, some industries have like ethical standards for how you like what you can ask your clients to do reviews and things like that. So I'm not, I haven't worked with anyone in the mental health space. So I don't know for that industry, if there's something like that, that can be true in like some parts of the real estate industry. Right. So it depends. You have to look at what ask can I make of my client in order to spread the value of the work that we've done together. If I can't ask my client, can I ask business partners who also know my buyers? Can I ask refers the people that are sending clients my way in the case of mental health? Maybe it's, Maybe there's like school professionals or educational professionals that are sending folks your way or nonprofits that are sending folks your way. Can I ask those folks to pitch press with me? Can I ask them on my podcast? Can I ask them for a review? Could I ask them for more introductions, right? Where can I get more um, of the value that I'm, that I need to be spreading? Who can help connect me to that? Who can help tell the story of my business? Is it my clients? Is it my referrers? Is it my business partners? So I would always start there. That's true for every business and how that actually plays out is gonna be industry specific. And then you can start to look at where else can I find my buyers? And the shift, that is another shift because a lot of times people are trying to market to everyone. We don't wanna market to everybody. We don't wanna be in the business of convincing people that they need a solution. We want to find your buyers, people who are buying your solution. They're looking for a solution to the problem they have. So it sounds to me like part of what you're doing is asking people to increase like a certain task that they do or certain action that they do. But then you're also asking a lot of like cutting out, like we're not, you know, just putting things on Instagram for the sake of putting them on Instagram because 90% of who is depending on how you position the content it's like not your ideal client listening or it's falling on deaf ears those people aren't really ready to be buying or receiving your service like you're really saying like let's cut out all the crap and then invest in what's really going to have results yeah it's a little bit like okay so it's a little bit like dating right if you go to 10 of your closest friends and you say here's the kind of person i'd like to be in a relationship with this is what I'm looking for. Can you introduce me to someone versus going on an app and just sw and just like swiping people? Which do you think is going to get you there faster? Like you want to be spending your time doing things that are more likely to pay off. Something like Instagram can pay off. Like it has worked for other businesses, right? But it takes a lot longer because you're just blasting everyone and hoping that your buyers are in there versus going to people people who have bought from you before, people who have sent work your way and saying, how can we do more of this? You know, can you, do you want to come back? Do you want to buy an, another thing? Do you want to introduce me to someone else? Do you want to help me share the story of the work we did together? And making sure that those things are operationalized and systematized in your business. I've never had a client come on and had them have like a solid referral practice. Like almost never, almost everyone is leaving this stuff on the table especially small business owners. 
Yeah, I think that's so important. So one of the things that I like most about what you're talking about is how you're really bringing it back to people understanding like their business and really what drives revenue and and profit in their business. Like we're not asking you to go look for a ton of new clients. Like let's make, make use of the ones you have. That's better for the bottom line. We also talked like a little bit before we hit record about the fact that you know, you're not saying ditch marketing, but it's like marketing to me is like putting up an ice shack in the desert. Like nobody knows you're there. Right. And everybody needs you, but nobody knows you're there. Whereas like, this is sort of like all the signs along the way of like, Hey, this is where we are. So you invest in marketing so that the people who do have eyes on you that you're serving are still in touch with you and they're still receiving value from you, but you still need another way to bring them in. And that's really what you're focused on. Yeah. And I think also being real with yourself about where you can be competitive with marketing. So your strong suit as a small business is your relationships, who you know, your clients, your refers, your fans, your partners. That's what differentiates you. When you go over to Instagram or Google or TikTok, you're competing with a global network of corporations. So it's a lot harder to compete in that space. You've lost your differentiator in that space. And so being more strategic about where you're going to put your energy and where it will actually pay off and how quickly it will pay off rather than just like, I sort of hate the phrase spray and pray, but like blasting stuff out, right? Broadcasting and hoping that your buyers find you. It's pretty impossible to do that as a small business owner. Just like it, it takes a really long time, too long for how little cash runway small business owners have. Okay. And like, I also just, I really, really want to put my own experience over the last year in for this because the listeners, for anybody maybe who's just tuning in now, like I'm a, I'm a small business owner. I grew a seven figure business. I sold it. You know, I hit that level of like seven figures that everybody, you know, tries to hit and had some level of success. And I will tell you that this year and a year and a bit ago I started at zero and I tried the method that everybody tells you in fact it's in everybody's formulas everybody's like do it online formulas are like hey now just go get active on Instagram and you know Gary V has his like dollar 80 method and literally did not gain traction but what I love like I I finally was like okay I'm giving up I'm just going to make connections with people because that's actually what feels good to me when I get to talk to people and help people and that feels good that's why I'm just going to go do that and literally everything changed then my marketing is still serving those people like my you know my Instagram channel still or feed or whatever is still serving those people and providing value but now the growth is exponential yeah exactly and I think as you think about marketing if you're working from the inside out How do I market to the people who already know me to make sure that they know exactly what I offer, exactly who they should introduce me to, exactly when they should work with me, right? So that might look different than an Instagram post. It might look like making a PDF, right? It might look like sending an email to that group of people and being clear about a new offer that you're selling or a sale that you're doing or whatever. So you, it changes how you think about marketing. It becomes more focused, more targeted. And that's how you can get more effective with it. Because when, again, when you're playing in this global arena, it's a high energy strategy. It requires a lot of effort to get back the value that you want there. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so 
I was going to ask you a question of like, there's an Instagram and a TikTok and a LinkedIn and a Facebook and blogs and YouTube. They walk and, into a bar. Yeah. Um, like, who are you going home with? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you're going to tell me that it's different for every single business. Like you really have to look at who your audience is. Yes, but not just who your audience is, but also what you like to do. This is another major differentiator. As a large corporation, you can bring on a team and you can bring on someone that specializes in Google search. You can bring on someone that specializes in LinkedIn. You can bring on someone that specializes in ads. As a small business owner, you're not going to do that. So you need to decide what you like to do. Do you like writing? Do you like making videos? Do you like talking to people? Like, what is your mode of working that lights you up, that feels low energy to you? not just where your audience is. So I think a lot of times people are like, yes, focus on where your audience is. Yes, sure. But I also think it comes down to like what you like doing, where you like being, how you like working. Yeah, that's super interesting because I think a lot of the time small business owners, we get in our heads about like selling and whatnot. But just like I was saying earlier is like when I really just came back to like what I enjoyed doing and what I liked, you shine in a whole different light. So the same with what platform you choose right? Like, I think, you know, nine times out of 10, people, if they have like an inclination, that tends to be where their clients are anyways, because they like working with those people, like they started that business for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not very often that you're like, I, you know, love supporting young 20 somethings with like super fashionable clothing, but I hate TikTok. Like, it's probably not very common, right? Like, you probably have an inclination that you're like, okay, this is pretty natural. Yeah, it's not very common. And I would also say that when it comes to Google and any of the major social media platforms, like, your clients are on there. It's not, tr- it's not true that they're not on there. It's just about finding them and it, how long it takes to find them. So if you like TikTok over LinkedIn, you can find your clients on TikTok, but it's still going to take a while, right? It's still going to take months, but it's going to take months on LinkedIn anyway. So six of one, half dozen of the other. Pick the one that you like. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> all right. So I want to ask you, if you do you have one piece of advice that you're like, I say this all the time when I'm meeting people that you would love to share with listeners? What a great question. I sure do. My one piece of advice that is like the brain breaking advice that I give people is to look for your buyers when they are in buy mode and to think about where they are showing up when they are in buy mode. So where are they looking for you when they're buying your service or product? Who are they turning to? Are they trusting certain publications? Are they trusting certain podcasts? Are there specific people in their network they might be asking like accountants or lawyers Who are they trusting? Where are they going? What are they typing in when they're looking to buy what you offer? I think this is a really important and like super underrated skill. I will say like I actually even struggled with this the first time I was asked this and because it feels difficult, it's not a skill that we have developed as business owners. Like we tend to shy away from it, but it is like the magic sauce. Like if you can just stop, like just like trust Lex put an hour in your calendar and be like, no, I'm just going to brain dump even half an hour. Like I'm going to brain dump for half an hour. I'm going to trust that this is important and like envision your best customers or, you know, you're like, you have an idea of who you want to serve and, and just do the work and then it gets easier. I think it's super important. It made all the difference for me. So I love that you're giving that advice. Yeah. On the other side of things, you're like, please stop doing this. <laughs> please stop wasting your time and money. What are you going to share with us? 
I mean, if there's a marketing activity that you're doing that you're not seeing any leads or sales coming from, I would, I would shelve it, right? I would say this thing is probably wasting my time. Maybe I'll come back to it next year when I have more energy and I'm going to instead focus on higher value, lower effort strategies. I, I think that a lot of times we take marketing advice from big company marketers and or from marketers who want us to be acting like big companies. And so we're trying to spin multiple plates. We're trying to do the email list every week. We're trying to blog every week. We're trying to run our own podcast. We're trying to do Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn. And it's too much. And so I would shelve stuff that is not paying off for you. So when you say paying off, like, I want to know, do you have a timeline? And then do you have like a specific measurement? Is it return on investment? Or like, what are you measuring and how long that you're like, ditch this? Yeah. Leads and sales is the main thing I measure. So I look at lead count and sales count by source. That's I recommend tracking those four things. So number of leads, sources of leads, number of sales, sources of sales. And if you are doing something for three months and it is not showing in either of those metrics, I would think about shelving it. Awesome. Okay. Some you things take long, it. right? Some things take a long time. Google search, starting a YouTube, starting a podcast, those things will take a long time. If it's burning you out though, and you're not getting booked, you're not hitting your revenue numbers, I would shelve it until you can hit your revenue numbers with other things. Then you can bring that back as an experiment yes. that, that you know is going to take a longer time to pay off. This is why I'm in love with you because it's like, <laughs> we're not talking about not doing these, right? Like, you know, there's going to be somebody out there who's had great results and they're a professional and they're going to be like, you have to do this. And I, even myself, I've heard people be like, oh, I had to stick with this for a year. So then you're like, okay, I have to stick with it for a year. But when you have a limited capacity, whether it's time or money, it's like you have to triage it, do what's best for business first, and then you can add on. And so instead of giving like all your resources to this thing that's got the longest runway, you know, like build your capacity to handle that. Yes. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. The other thing that I want people to know is that there's giant businesses that scaled on word of mouth and referrals. So one of my favorite stories of this is Gmail. If you remember when Gmail launched back in 2003, 2004, you had to get an invite from a friend in order to access Gmail. It was a word of mouth referral strategy that they launched Gmail with. They gave like a thousand people referral codes and that's how Gmail launched. You don't see Gmail like posting on Instagram and advertising on Instagram, right? I mean, Instagram wasn't, I think around back then or wasn't that popular, but it, these big companies are using these same strategies of word of mouth, of virality. How do we spread the word about this product person to person rather than like, spending all of our time marketing ourselves. How do we get That's our customers so cool. to do that for us, right? Yeah. For listeners, I love it. My favorite episodes are the ones where I'm also like looking down at my notebook in front of me with like all the ideas. I'm like, ooh, this is really important. So I have like a whole page of notes from this conversation. <laughs> I love it. You've been I taking notes? It. I love it. Yeah. yeah. No, seriously. I mean, I get to, I get your time and your expertise and it's like so valuable. Like I'd be silly not to use it. All right. There's so much here. I feel like you've given us the what to do, what not to do. Do you have an approach that you're like, I really want people to know like kind of how we work through things and what to expect if we were to work together in, you know, growing your business? Yeah, totally. So the thing that I specialized in, in Silicon Valley was growth through experimentation. So I teach that same method. I recommend that method to small business owners. I call it test, track, and tune. 
You make small bets about what you think will get you leads or sales. You track whether or not that paid off and you tune it by optimizing that strategy, changing one or two factors or doubling down or ditching it depending on how the results of the test go. I recommend that. It's worked for me over and over again. It's never not worked for me with my clients, big and small, startups, nonprofits, giant corporations. It works to make small bets, make sure they're paying off and then decide how you wanna move forward with your investment of time and money. So that's how I work too. I have a membership program where we practice this together. It's called Growth Trackers. If you are interested in testing your marketing and your growth strategy, I would love to chat with you about it. You can find that info on my website. I love it. So I think this method is really important because a lot of the times we are making investments in small businesses in a way that we're like going all in on something. We're like, okay, I have heard and I'm like, putting all my eggs in this basket but I love those like small tests where you're not leaving yourself stranded I I read this book once and the analogy always sticks out to me that it's like blackjack players they never bet all their money because if what they bet on doesn't work out they still have enough to go in on and like to try to grow again from and that is I just love that approach I love it it is so important and so like, thank you for putting that out into the world. Okay, yeah. you just talked about growth trackers and the community, but you also have a course. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I started a course. It's called Seven Steps to Getting More Leads. It's an audio course on a workbook. It includes the tried and true strategies in terms of virality, referrals, some of the things we talked about, more relationship-based approaches. It is a roadmap of your quickest wins if you are a service-based business owner. And people have come out of that course telling me that they're getting booked and they don't even need my help anymore because the course solved their problems. <laughs> so it's pretty economical solution. And it'll take you out of your own head with maybe overcomplicating your marketing. Okay, I love it. And you have a special discount code for I community. have a special discount code. School for Small Biz is the discount code. If you go to my website and plug that in, you get 10% off. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I got to go action literally all of these notes on my piece of paper here. And I just want to thank you for pouring into the community. I hope everybody goes. Every service-based business should be checking out your website and your course. And I just can't wait for them all to see the growth from that. So thank, thank you, so Stacey. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate what you're doing for small business owners because we have to do this together if we're going to compete against big corporations. Amen. Rising tide results all ships. Okay, amazing. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right, I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know. You want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.